This week's episode is brought to you by Lovers of the Unique Resin Crafts. With a wide range of products from home decor, pride merchandise, and a growing selection of Warhammer-themed shot glasses, Lovers of the Unique Resin Craft has a little something for everyone. Use the link in the description below. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Lord Commander Ulrich. And it's been a while since we did an echologue. We, the last ones we did were uh, Megas XLR, and oh, I skipped over asking how you're doing. How are you doing, Ulrich? It's okay. These are different formats, so it's excused. I'm in a good mood. I'm on my weekend now, at time of recording. So, it's been a while since we did an echologue. Like I said, we, we do an echologue for Megas was last. We uh, I don't know how Ulrich chose the next series. I know we had talked about a number of them, but then he told me that that we're doing Cowboy Bebop. So, I, how it went, as I recall, is I said, should we do Cowboy Bebop? And I think you said, yeah, sure, why not? All right, I'll take it. I mean, Cowboy Bebop's always one of those anime that Ulrich, who is not into anime, I've always thought Cowboy Bebop would be one of the ones that would break that but to be fair Cowboy Bebop isn't like other anime I mean it's like some other anime particularly western heavy anime like Trigun but it's very different from what I think Ulrich and admittedly a lot of people think about when they think of the term anime so I always wanted to give it a shot because it's kind of a unique entity and a special entity in fiction in general so today we're here to talk about the first episode the, the pilot, as it were, uh, Asteroid Blues. And, Auric, do you want to give us the recap, or am I to give him the recap? Uh, you're doing the recap on this one. I'll get recap next time. Okay, just so anyone knows, I'm not being creative. I'm just going to read the recap off of the wiki so that we can all be on the same page here. Spike Spiegel, a bounty hunter, and his partner, Jet Black, head to the Tijuana asteroid colony on their ship, the Bebop, to track down a bounty hunter named Asimov Solonson. Asimov is wanted for killing members of his own crime syndicate and stealing a cache of dangerous combat drugs known as Bloody Eye. On the colony, Asimov and his girlfriend, Katarina, are ambushed at a bar by his former syndicate while attempting to sell a vial of Blood Eye, but Asimov fights his way out by using the drug himself. Spike later encounters Katarina and reveals to her that he is a bounty hunter searching for Asimov. Spike is assaulted by Asimov and nearly killed before Katarina intervenes. In the confusion, Spike steals Asimov's bloody eye vial before the two leave. Spike later confronts Asimov at a staged drug deal with the stolen vial. Asimov escapes with Katarina in a ship when the two are interrupted by an attack from the syndicate. When Spike giving chase in his own ship, Asimov takes another dose of Bloody Eye as they rush towards a police blockade. Katarina, realizing they will never escape, shoots Asimov as Spike nears their ship. As Spike approaches Asimov's ship, is destroyed by attacking police cruisers, forcing Spike to pull away. End of recap. Now, I've seen this pilot many times, mostly when I used to watch a lot of Adult Swim. So I am, and I am also a stated fan of anime in general, so I'm far more interested in what Ulrich had to say on the first experience with this so i took notes and i'll get to that but uh first the question you're all dying to wonder did i like it yeah i i I really like this this is this is really good and i'm surprised by that because so often people suggest me anime and nine and a half times out of ten it's like nope not not did not like that one of the things i was most reticent about 
going in was I knew this was an older anime and I know I've seen enough of these older ones to go, yeah, that, that animation did not hold up, but God damn, this is a beautiful, you know, that was one of the first things I was thinking watching it. There's a scene early on where Spike's ship, like his, his small ship within the ship gets revealed and uh, like a door opens and light just goes onto the ship and the effect of the light and the shadows and the reflective light on it, you can tell the amount of effort and time that went into this. This came originally in 1998, so this is over 20 years old. But yeah, the detail in the animation here is gorgeous. Like the backgrounds, the character designs. This is, I was sitting here going, holy shit, they put in the money on this. And maybe that's kind of what's working for me is it doesn't feel cheap. There's not a lot of still shots. Well, there are still shots, but they're not, you know, just care repeated cycled animation. It's a lot of background stuff. Like the backgrounds are so well drawn that you're kind of okay if the characters are just stock still and their mouths are moving because you're looking at the backgrounds like, oh, wow, look at that. It's like a matte painting. Yeah, even that doesn't happen too often, though. A lot no, of they, they are not using a lot of the uh, typical tricks that you kind of see in these to cut corners. It, yeah, it normal, feels like they put money. Yeah, and exactly. I Normally, the reason why you see that in anime is because anime industry has to pump out stuff very quickly and very cheaply. So having characters uh, stand and talk and just sit there and just to move their mouth is a really cheap way to do it. That's why when something comes out like Mob Psycho 100 that – you know, kicks that to the curb and has movement everywhere. It really stands out. And here there are a few instances, like when Jet is first talking to to Spike about the bounty where he's just basically sitting and talking. But then he even cuts to Spike and he's like moving his hands while he's eating food and complaining about the food. So like they still find ways to get little character animations in there. So I'm going to throw this to you because this is something that occurred to me. Why are all anime protagonists constantly hungry? You know... I thought about this a long time ago, and I don't know what the source is. I think it's, I think it's like a Japanese just story kind of thing, like how they see heroes. I don't know. I, I actually don't have a proper understanding of where this comes from, but I have thought about it too with characters like Goku and Naruto and Luffy all being like super hungry people. I mean, Kaguya-Up isn't a shonen, so it doesn't really follow the same kind of beats as those other shows, but it is something that, you know, happens to be here. Spike is hungry, but to be fair, Spike is hungry because they're broke. Those other characters are hungry just all Yeah. They make it very no, I clear. Just, I just noticed that. I'm like, listen, I, I'm not an anime person. Even I noticed this, you know, trope of they're always hungry, but I do like that they kind of set up that now they're broke. It's green beans and rice or. Oh no, it's uh, oh, um, green peppers and beef. Yeah. Green peppers and beef. With no no beef. Beef. <laughs> so, which I actually left with like, okay, that's a pretty good joke set up for a joke. Yeah. Also, I just found this out like yesterday because I was doing a little research before we did our recording today. But Spike is a character. His design is largely based off two things. One, Lupin the Third, which is a well-known anime character from who's been in movies and, and stuff. And there's an actor whose name escapes me right now. But there's like this specific Japanese actor who was big in movies in like. I don't actually know what era. I looked him up, and yeah, he's got the same kind of hair, the same structure, and so that's also why um, Spike smokes a lot, and he smokes really crappy-looking cigarettes. It's a reference to Lupin the Third's Jigen, who also smoked crappy cigarettes. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. 
one thing I wanted to point out that struck me immediately is if you're going to call your show Bebop in some way, you better have good jazz music. And the music here is spot on. There are just a bunch of scenes where I just felt like I was getting almost lost in the, well, the jazz that was playing. It felt very appropriate. Yeah, that reminds me. One thing I wanted to point out, the opening music fits the tone of the show. That song is called uh, Tank, by the way, and it is wonderful. It's considered by many to be the greatest anime opening ever for a reason. So (laughs) I, again, I haven't watched a lot of anime firsthand. I've listened to a lot of anime secondhand through Slagathor, and the theme songs always suck, and they never match the show. So when this first came on, I'm like, okay, one, this, this isn't terrible, and two, this feels like it fits the show. And three, it's not 40 minutes long. I admit, every time I hear that, I, I start I start bopping. So. Yeah, no, this is like the only point that I thought the music didn't really fit was in the big final chase. It's like, okay, this, this was an odd song choice to go with because it's very uh i don't know romantic isn't the one i want to go for but that's where i got the vibe of like no this is an action chase music this is more i don't know snowy fields dying lovers well that's why another thing that i i thought you might catch up on or pick up on is anime especially modern anime has a thing with because it's aimed at teenagers a vast majority of anime is about teenagers that's just a attribute of the show like most of the most well-known shows are about characters between 14 and 17 that's just how it breaks down my favorite anime Yu Hakusho is about a bunch of 15 year olds but Kelly Bebop and this has been referenced by some other people in the past is a show about almost about middle age so even though Spike himself is 27 by anime standards he's essentially middle age and Jet is definitely middle-aged and so it creates a different kind of, I think, atmosphere for what's going on in the show when you have, I don't know how to put it, just an older set of characters. So It feel, it. I don't want to say mature because we're only one episode in, but I like the idea that these are two guys that are just scraping by. You know, know they're 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 working class. They don't have enough money. They're constantly chasing the next. Like, all right, if I just get this one job, then we'll be golden. So one thing I know that. Ulrich mentioned in a previous video or previous audio <laughs> was that our ecologue was going to be more Western. And that was, you know, based on what I think we've talked about. But now that you've seen it, like, what are your thoughts on that concept? Because yes, oh yeah, I, I wholeheartedly say that Cowboy Bob is a space Western that happens yeah. to be. An- <laughs> so. No, I, I, that was the other thing I was kind of reticent about. Like it's called Cowboy Bebop. But it's not going to be a Western. And I'm sitting here watching going, oh, God damn, this is a Western. But with with, you know, Eastern influences. And I really dig that. Like this whole thing, like it feels like a Western, like everyone's smoking the crotchety old dudes in the bar. This this real simple storytelling. Yeah, no, this feels like a Western I would have watched with my dad. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that this came out at a time before serialized stories were really a thing. So you're only one episode in. But I can tell you, you know, right now that while the show does have some points that will tie it together throughout the entire series, most of the episodes are basically vignettes, are just like a Sergio Leone movie, but in 30 minutes. So, And they're pretty much disconnected. But it's kind of part of the point is that it's just this crew, right now just two guys, and as you said, just trying to get by. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it makes it really engaging, and I'm like, oh, goddamn. 
All right. No, Axel was right on this one. This this was a good choice. I was really afraid it was going to be like our last and only anime episode, which was just me suffering through several animes going, God, this sucks. If I remember correctly, a bunch of them did suck even from a anime fan standpoint though but i'm not gonna get into that right now <laughs> so that's why well that's why i've always wanted you to watch bebop because bebop is very different there are some shows that are like it like i said i first go to trigun when i think of a show that is like it but even trigun i feel like would push your buttons not as much as a lot of other stuff but just a little bit but bebop is something i always thought you'd be into so i, I was just it was just getting you there to the point where you'd watch it <laughs> yeah no and i regret to inform our listeners despite my best efforts i couldn't find a teenage mutant ninja turtles joke to slip in here oh this is bebop and rocksteady okay yep that's where my brain went like oh man i gotta get a tmnt joke in there somewhere for axel it's like no no I, I don't got it my brain's too fried i got nothing one, one more thing i want to i want to say that stuck out to me besides the music and how gorgeous the animation was because it's still too early to, to really comment on the characters although i do feel like the the first episode does a really good job of of getting you to feel like what these two guys are without much. Like, you get more from Spike because Spike gets most of the screen time. But there's one scene that even Jet where he's he goes into a bar. It's all busted up and shot. So he just reaches behind the bar and pulls up a half-full bottle and is like, oh, free drink. And then he just starts drinking it. But then some people come in, so he hides behind the bar. Then he hears that they're related to a bounty, so he breaks the bottle on one of them and just grabs the other one. It's like, hey, why don't you tell me what you're talking about? And it's a small thing, but I feel like you really feel Jet very quickly in this one scene. So Yeah, no, my brain's already been, you know, filling in what I perceive to be the background of this world is just based on old westerns I've watched. Like, all right, let's see, this is a western, so... Okay, one of you is a vet, because, you know, that's always the way it is. Which side of the intergalactic space civil war did you fight? <laughs> Got a bit of a firefly thing going on there, yeah. Yep, yep, it's like, mm, okay, let's see. No, I I am happily impressed with how good this is. Here's, here's another fun thing. I don't know if you picked up on this. I, I doubt you would have, because, again, it comes more obvious later. But Spike uses... Jeet Kundo specifically, and there are a lot of hidden like little references to Bruce Lee and martial arts in general because this is it's it's the idea of like 70s movies, not just westerns, but also like martial arts movies. So when the big fight scene happens between Asimov and Spike, I love that it's extremely contained. It's just a little fight around a few tables, essentially, but it's animated gorgeously. Nothing they do is like outside the realm of possibilities is two good fighters one much better than the other just fighting around tables the kind of thing you could imagine that you know would have been in a hong kong action flick or you know a bruce you know a bruce lee action flick yeah no i don't have much else to say other than i'm really impressed just by the animation like i i'm still caught up in goddamn the effort they put into it. like no two characters really look alike. That's the other cool thing. There's not a lot of what feels like repeated animation. Well, we got what 26 episodes, 25 episodes ahead of us. So we'll I'm sure we'll have more time to talk about these kind of things, but this has been our, our retrospective on the first episode at the very least to get our, our, uh, well, mostly Ulrich's initial thoughts, but my initial thoughts too. I will admit that my experience with the show is I've seen the first 10 episodes many times 
And beyond that, I haven't really because it was a spattering of I'd start it up and then I'd get pulled away to something else. There are a few episodes I know in the middle that are kind of not as good as the rest. But for the most part, this is a pretty solid show the way through. And I'm looking forward to taking this journey with you, brother. All right. Now, this is going to be an interesting inversal inversion of uh, the heresy stuff where I knew it was coming and you were the initiate. Kind of. <laughs> I feel like there are better shows for that kind of concept. But yes. All right. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Hello, patrons, and welcome back to the Echo Log series for Cowboy Bebop. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich. And I'm a shield brother, Axel Wright. And I'm pretty sure I was supposed to do the intro. We'll get that right next time. So <laughs> I don't remember how we do any of the things outside the normal episodes. For those of you listening at home, our schedules are so out of sync and out of whack, it's not even funny. Yeah, we are literally doing that. We're like a week and a half behind schedule just because some stuff has come up. I literally went on a vacation last week that happened to coincide with our normal recording day. There's other things. Anyway, you don't need to have a full behind the scenes. But point is, we're continuing an echolog thing that we started last week with Cowboy Bebop. So before we do, you are, this is a Patreon exclusive thing. So if you're listening to this, then you're a patron. Or this is far enough in the future where it gets released normally. I don't know how the schedule works. Okay, well then I'm going to get right into it. Today we're talking about episode two of Cowboy Bebop, Stray Dog Strut. Now, I last time I just read a synopsis off the wiki, but I feel like part of the fun of these kind of reviews is me trying to come up with a what happened from my memory, and which ends up with a lot of cursing and a lot of weird things like we do with that book club. So I'm going to just try to do that. So let's see, Stray Dog Strut. If I remember correctly, we have some dude named Abdul... A, who's the new bounty he he's a, a pet stealer and it turns out that he stole something and now there's a bounty out for him and so of course you know spike wants to get involved with that because they're broke and they need money always and it turns out that abdul got plastic surgery so now he looks very different like he went from being like a like a white blonde guy to being a not those <laughs> i don't know what the right terminology here is for it so i'm just gonna be careful and move around it I, I'm pretty positive, though, with how tall he is and the name uh, Abdul or Abdul Hakim that he might be a reference to, like, Kareem Abdul. There's a Bruce Lee Game of Death thing going on here. Anyway, not the point. Point is, he stole something. You find out that, well, he's at some bar. Someone tries to mess with him, so he starts bullying the guy. And while he's doing that, some street urchin comes and steals his suitcase. And he manages to get away, and when he opens up the suitcase, this thief realizes that there's a dog in it. Well, you, we hear a growl, so we don't see what the dog looks like at first. But then he's like, okay, well, see if I can still make money of this. So he goes to some pet shop to see if he can you know, still get money for this dog. Meanwhile, Spike has a contact with a scientist who actually got ripped off by uh, Abdul. Hey, I'll sell you for cheap some information on what he looks like after the plastic surgery. So then... We cut back to, you know, the thief guys trying to sell the dog. Spike actually finds what's going on here, thinks that it's Abdul after another thing of plastic surgery. Then real Abdul shows up. There's a big chase through the city where they're chasing the dog, which turns out to be a um, a corgi, a very adorable corgi. <laughs> oh, man, there's just a it's just a big chase after that. And chasing the dog, chasing Abdul, there's some timing stuff that goes on. But at the end of the day... There's big crash. Abdul gets picked up by the police. Oh, there's also the whole time there's these scientists that are also trying to find the dog that apparently is a data dog. 
they're like the scientists that Abdul stole it from. We never find out in this episode what being a data dog means, but they get in the crash as well and they get arrested. Spike doesn't get the bounty, but now Spike and Jet have a dog. End of episode. Yeah, this there's not a lot going on in this episode, but I feel that it's still a testament to this show's strength that it's still really good, really enjoyable. I feel like this this episode is mostly built for the set piece of the chase through the city, chasing the dog and chasing each other. And it feels like a classic, uh, well, like a classic 70s movie car chase. Just Yeah, but I mean, this is minimalism of story and still going, yeah, that was really enjoyable. I didn't, wasn't bored. I didn't want anything else to happen. This is solid. And I feel like this is a kind of a testament to the quality of this show that I've been hearing about forever. It's like you can have an episode where it's just a chase for a dog and you can walk away going, Oh, that was really good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think if you look, think about the data dog thing, which I'm, I'm betting at some point in the future, because again, it's been a long time since I watched this, but I'm pretty sure we do find out what that means. I don't think it ends up being necessarily important to the series, but we do. I think we do find out what it is, but for purposes of this episode, it isn't important. All you need to know is that dog is important to some people. And that's, yeah. that's how the episode puts it forward. It's not interested in some overly long explanation. It's just, hey, this guy wants this dog. This guy wants this guy because he's got a bounty. And these guys also want the dog. Go. <laughs> All the pieces are there. They don't need to tell you why he's important. They kind of show you, like, listen, the scientists are after it. This bounty hunter's after it. This must be something big. And I don't know. I feel like there's kind of a subversion when it's revealed that, oh, it's just a corgi, which were corgis popular before this or are they popular because of this? I think neither. I do think that corgi popularity was exploding somewhat similarly. But I feel like because this came out, what, in the early mid 90s, I know that in the States it was playing on Adult Swim when I was uh, young. So this would have been the late 90s. So, and I feel like Corgis... They are a recent explosion. Yeah, I relate the popularity of Corgis with the rise of the internet as a as a concept. So, you know, it's, it's close. But I, I don't think you could really pin it on Cowboy Bebop specifically. I wouldn't doubt that there is definitely a surge in popularity due to Cowboy Bebop, though. Yeah, there's got to be a correlation there. Because, like, I've noticed, like, if you follow, like, weird dog breed trends, pugs have been dominating for, like, the last decade... And now, no offense to any pug owners, I kind of despise pugs. I mean, an individual dog I love, but as a breed, they they bother me. Yeah, no, they're they're they were bred down from Chinese war dogs. That's all you need to know. Yeah, but anyway. now it feels like corgis are the up and coming breed. And I just look at it going, are we just going to keep choosing deformed animals to be popular? Is that the thing? Okay. Well, I know that. Bulldogs are also very popular among certain people, and they're one of the most. <laughs> oh, poor bulldogs! Like I love bulldogs, but I will never own one because they're just a, a genetic mess. Yeah. Anyway, I don't. I remember liking the music beats in this episode, but I don't remember any of them specifically. Again, at the end of the day, this feels like you know Abdul is this big, imposing figure, and I don't know if he'll ever come back. But this is. This is further evidence that this show, at least at this point, is really just interested in what's the adventure of the week. Literally, who's the bounty of the week and what's the visual and audio stuff we can do with that setup for this 22-minute you know, experience. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it when it's done – when it's executed very well. <laughs> so. 
keep it simple, stupid. Exactly. So I don't really have anything more to say about this episode specifically other than I enjoyed it <laughs> and I like Ayn and uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so next week I know we have a much more integral character getting introduced. So Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I feel like this should be a little bit longer, but there's not much to say. It's a real simple episode. I'm still really enjoying it. The art is still incredible. What else do you guys want me to say? Yeah, I feel like what I'd want to do is like touch on. I know I am really certain that this uh, show is full of like shoutouts, homages, references that I just don't know. Because I feel like the show is is dripping with like seventies media references, and I feel like I'm not smart enough to get all them. But I am enough of a fan that I like I can feel it like I can sense them without knowing it, you know? Yeah. And I feel like me liking it is a strong enough endorsement in and of itself. <laughs> like for those of you who know me, which I realize is probably a small portion of the audience, the fact that I'm like, oh, can I watch another episode yet? No, no. If I watch another episode, I don't remember it by the time we have to record. I got to wait. That tells you everything you need to know about the qual- the quality. See us next week for a honky tonk woman.